0: game day is underway this is the wind stop kickoff show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors here are your hosts Mia O'Brien and Rick Ballew
1: and let me be the first to say on the airwaves of 1010XL and 92.5 FM a happy new year one and all in Duval County new year Same Jaguars, but not the same old Jaguars, Rick Ballew, producer Casey Dobson, as your Jacksonville Jaguars getting set to face the Houston Texans this afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time, 12 o'clock local time in the great state of Texas. Of course, as we will dive into throughout the course of today's two-hour program, the Jaguars, Rick, don't necessarily need to win today's game in a very weird circumstance if they are to make the playoffs? Playoffs? We're talking playoffs in Duval County in the year of our Lord, 2023?
2: It is uh, it is unlike anything I've ever seen or thought possibly could ever take place that, you know, here it is, game 16, week 17, and it has no relevance at all on the Jaguars because it all comes down to what happens next week. And, you know, I just can't help but think back about the, uh, you know, the demolition that took place in Detroit and how I, for one, will be the first to raise my hand and said that uh, I thought the season was completely over. Uh, with the effort there and the lack of success there, then to be able to turn some things around the way they've done it, uh, you know, coming from behind and, and starting slow in, in seven straight games and then finding a way to come back and, and get into it and then eventually uh, take the lead in the majority of those games and get out of there with a W. Uh, this to me is almost, uh, not certainly not a nightmare, but it, it's, uh, it, it is some... It's filled with fiction, uh, if you will. I mean, I I have a tough time. If someone was to explain this to me, I don't think I would believe them because, you know, there still are a lot of holes on this football team. But they're playing as one, and uh, it's going to be interesting today. I mean, obviously going out there and winning I think is important for the momentum. That's the key word for this team now is this snowball is beginning to roll downhill, and they don't want to just cancel out a game Today, like some other teams have done, particularly in this division, one being Tennessee.
1: The Jaguars beneficiaries of that Tennessee team that is currently reeling on Rick, correct me if I'm wrong, now a six game oh, slide correct. for the boys up in Nashville. They uh, are cooked too. Unlike anything we've ever they seen. They can't
2: score. They won't score fourteen here next Sunday. Fourteen. They will not score fourteen. Even with a
1: healthy Derrick Henry.
2: Nope. I don't I don't think so. You know, because I think Jacksonville has proven that they've made some midseason adjustments and will do everything they can uh, to, you know, defend the run. We we saw last time, down 7 nothing, down 14-7, and what happened the rest of the way through? You know what I mean? I, just Tennessee is really struggling right now offensively. Josh Dobbs is going to be the quarterback. Malik Willis is going to be the quarterback. We'll see what Mike Vrabel does. But I, I think points for them are nearly impossible at this particular time.
1: Tennessee fell on Thursday night to the Dallas Cowboys, 27-13. But we're not on to Tennessee just yet, Rick. Of course, as the 7-8 and eight Jaguars travel to play the two twelve and one Houston Texans, who did get one in the win column just one week ago against those Tennessee Titans. And so as much as yes, obviously, for the Jaguars' playoff hopes – Most of it rests in the hands of that Week 18 matchup at TIAA Bankfield a week from today. But at the same time, the Jaguars, and by Doug Peterson's account, do believe that today does still somewhat matter in a crazy wild card scenario. I want to make sure that we get this scenario out there, and we will say it throughout the course of today's program because I know there's a lot of confusion of, yes, the AFC South is obviously the easiest path for the Jaguars to make the playoffs. You win and you are in next Sunday. But at the same time, the wild card is still in play. Here are your options. You win today against the Texans, Duval County. Then, if New England beats Miami today Mm -hmm. and Seattle beats the Jets, the Jets beat Miami in Week 18, Buffalo beats New England in Week 18, and Pittsburgh loses at some point in the next two weeks, then the Jaguars would be in at 8 and 9 if they cannot get it done next week against the Titans. So, obviously, that is a crazy hypothetical. Things have happened before. But regardless of whether you agree that that is a reality that could happen or not, Doug Peterson says he would just like to see a Jaguars team win nine games for the first time in over a decade. And that's his focus. And, Rick, we talked about Derrick Henry already in this program. He rested. The Titans rested him, Jeffrey Simmons, so many of their other starters on Thursday in preparation for that mammoth Week 18 matchup next Sunday. Doug Peterson says he ain't resting his guys. If they're healthy, they're going today.
2: I thought it was a bad look for Mike Vrabel. I thought it was a bad look for the National Football League to um, you know, call off the dogs the way that they did. I get it. Many of those guys are not 100%, but if that was a game against Jacksonville, a game to advance to the playoffs, I think we all agree that many of those players, including Derrick Henry, uh, would have played. Today's an interesting game because Houston is a better football team than their record will indicate I mean, they've played well the last few weeks. Uh, you know they they played well against Cleveland. They just barely let one get away in Dallas. Heck, they played toe for toe, you know toe to toe with with Kansas City and then uh, got the W last week in um, in Nashville against Tennessee. you know i, I I'm a little skeptical here. Um, I, I understand and admire what Doug Peterson is doing with his players. These guys all want to play. They don't want to mail it in. This isn't the NBA. They want to be out there, and they want to, for whether it's for team goals, personal goals, or no matter what the situation is, they, these guys do want to play. And I think Doug Peterson has proven that he is a very good, uh, you know, players coach, uh, if you will. And I, I think this is the right way to go about it. However, the other side of me is like, Damn you got to get Trevor out of there. you got to get Travis out of there. Those are the two that I'm concerned about more than any. The offensive line, yeah, let's give them some credit, okay? They've been banged up. They've only allowed two sacks to arguably two of the best defensive players in the league the last two weeks and Quinn Williams and Micah Parsons. There's been a lot of pressures. We've also seen more maturity with Trevor Lawrence, whose escapability now in the pocket is better than we have seen in his nearly two years in the NFL.
1: Adam Schefter reporting late last night that both Trevor Lawrence and Trayvon Walker, the two former number one overall picks for your Jacksonville Jaguars, are expected to play today. We'll dive into the fair and fair injury report coming up in just a little bit. But to your point, Rick, I do see some of our friends who are up bright and early with us on this New Year's Day on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures chiming in. You can get in on the conversation at 904-641-1010. This one courtesy of 2009 so if the Jaguars get three guys hurt, does that help this momentum that they've been building during this three-game win streak? And uh, Listen, it's a great question, and I'll tell you this. I mean, every time you step out onto the football field, and in talking to Jaguars players in the locker room throughout the course of this week, they reiterate it, Every time you step out onto the locker room, or excuse me, onto the football field, you open up the possibility of injury. Yeah. Today's no different than that.
2: It, to me, it's like a two-point conversion or it's like a fourth down. No one's ever wrong. Every fan is always right. Every member of the media is always right. Fourth down, they're going to go for it. They should have punted. What? They punted. They should have gone for it. That's the way it's going to be today. It's going to be a hold-your-breath type of Sunday because if something is or does happen, and I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to be responsible for jinxing it. But if something did happen, you're going to hear the masses say, Why are you playing them? I mean, it doesn't mean anything. It's all about next week. The flip side, because I threw it out of my show this week, it was pretty close to unanimous. The people are like, screw that. Play them. Go out there. Win a football game. This franchise is so used to losing that I just think another Sunday of winning football and obviously snapping that nine-game losing streak against Houston— That part of it probably means a heck of a lot more to the fan base than it does to the guys in that locker room because so many of those guys have only been here for a year or maybe two. But that's the caution with this is all the second-guessers and all the armchair quarterbacks, you know, they're hovering depending on what happens.
1: We will hear from some of the Jaguars in the Jaguar locker room, in particular a Houston native and childhood team that he followed was the Houston Texans in one Walker Little, now the starting left tackle Mm -hmm. for you Jacksonville Jaguars. Rick, when I walked over to him, and I hadn't even, I don't think, asked a question, turned the recorder on, and he brought up that losing streak that the Jaguars have to the Houston Texans. And so I, you'll hear it later in the program, I asked him, I was like, Doug has chosen, he's picked his spots when it comes to bringing up right. these streaks and beating these streaks. And sometimes they don't talk about it at all. Sometimes it is the focal point of the week. He said that Doug Peterson really has not brought up the fact that the Jaguars have not beaten the Texans in four and a half years, that Trevor Lawrence is 0-3 against the lowly Texans. But at the same time, it, look, it seems like we've now reached a point with momentum where this team is paying attention to, hey, even if we weren't here four and a half years ago, this is the name on the front of the jersey has not defeated these guys, and we play for that name on the front of the jersey in almost five seasons.
2: When you're a really good team – you have streaks. When you're a really bad team, you have streaks. And I'm not going to look ahead. I would never do that to Jaguar fans as we get ready for this game coming up at one o'clock today. But this season has been mired with streaks and they've snapped them. They couldn't win on the West Coast. Snap it. Can't beat an NFC team. Snap it. Uh, Can't win in Nashville. Snap it. Now here it is today against Houston, nine in a row. Snap that bad boy as well. So with the expectations that are going to be absolutely off the chart when the 2023 season begins, I mean, I think this entire AFC division is going to be after a new quarterback. We probably saw a couple of them play last night, uh, or we should say m- maybe tomorrow, uh, yesterday afternoon as well, if you include the Alabama-Kansas State game. That's all going to turn around for the Jaguars, but that'll be a situation where they'll go in the next year And no longer will any of these streaks even be mentioned by members of the media. The fans will no longer be even concerned about it. So I think it's important in that fashion to look at Houston and say, "Okay, you're the worst team in the NFL schedule wise. I think on the field, they're actually probably a little bit better than that, but it is important for Jacksonville to win the game for that very reason.
1: As my good friend Ant up in Baltimore, who actually is, I believe, home for the holidays, just told me on uh, the Twitter machine, 9-8 in a home playoff game sounds a whole lot better than 8-9 and nine in a home playoff game. That's what Doug Peterson has said throughout the course of this week, Rick. And uh, speaking of my good friend Anthony, he just let me know that Adam Schefter is now reporting that the Jaguars, just breaking, this is 31 seconds ago, have no plans to rest any of those five players that were listed as questionable, even though their Week 18 showdown with the Titans decides the AFC South. Quote, it is full steam ahead, according to one Jaguars official. That is what I heard throughout the course of the week as well.
2: And it could be Baltimore here in two Sundays. I mean, right now it appears that that's going to be the team. It could be Los Angeles. It could possibly be Miami. Uh, We'll see. I, I think if you are a Jags fan, the one team you don't want in here. In a week would be Cincinnati. you got to hope that they win in that huge matchup against Buffalo. But I like Jacksonville's chances. I'll tell you right now. I'm I'm making no bones about it. I I, I said it all week long, and I've said it forever now uh, for about six or seven straight weeks for Tennessee. I have Jacksonville winning today. I have Jacksonville winning next week. I'm going to pick Jacksonville during the wild card weekend. If either one of those three teams comes in, e- LA, any of the three, Baltimore or Miami, okay. I think Jacksonville beats Cincinnati. Yeah, we're going to have to sit down and have a little say. bit of a talk now. Right. But those three teams, I'm taking Trevor Lawrence and, and Jackson. I mean, Lamar is hurt, Tua is hurt. Herbert is certainly one of the great young quarterbacks of the NFL, but it you know they're dealing with some injuries and they're dealing with some uncertainty and never really know what type of of Chargers team is going to show up. Hey, I'm getting way ahead of things here, but that's kind of the way it is when you're dropping a totally unimportant Week 17 game 16. Contest on us right here the first day of 2023. It's really weird.
1: We are 13 minutes into today's program and the first program, original programming on 1010XL of 2023, what an honor, man. and we have yet to even dive into what the Houston Texans present the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is how wacky. How about two this quarterbacks? They have a
2: college. They have a college football feel. I mean, how many NFL teams walk out two quarterbacks?
1: Uh, We did see that last Thursday New Orleans? No, no, the Jets. The Jets have done it.
2: But, I mean, we're going to get a little bit of a taste of of Jeff Driscoll today and obviously a whole lot of Davis Mills. It's, um, you know, I mean, hey, we've seen it around here. Ohio State lost last night. I remember back in 96 when they had, what was it, Stanley Jackson and Joe Germain. Uh, Florida did it here. In the mid-90s under Spurrier, you know, that old adage is if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one quarterback. I kind of believe that that's the case with Houston.
1: I'm still laughing about the Jets' two-quarterback system, and now we have to see another one here today in Houston. What a world we live in in 2023. This is the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Thank you to all of our friends on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures who are chiming in bright and early with us as we kick off Jaguars-Texans game day. appreciate this one from Frogman Carl and Section 141 at the bank. He says, great games last night. Let's keep it rolling. Jags win today and make it a statement going into Week 18. He's got 26-12. What say you, Jaguar fans? Hit us on the text line, 641-1010. We will say hello to the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, Frank Frangie, live from Houston, coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
2: It's a new day, it's a new life for me, yeah, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life for me. Ooh, 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 ooh. and I'm feeling
1: good. Oh, I got this first one, Riddler. Producer Casey Dobson, he loves to give us a riddle each week on the Wingstop kickoff show with his various music and movie quotes that he provides for us as we come back from break uh, Break, brick blue. This, this one's kind of obvious. I have
2: no idea what you're talking about. None at all. I, I thought, I mean, Desmond Ritter, maybe.
1: Oh, oh, okay. Who's
2: playing today? I but do like that. The Riddler. No. Yeah, the Riddler. Still- you lost me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate it, Casey. Dobson. I'm guessing
2: this was written after 1988. So, if so, it doesn't involve me. My, my music taste basically ends then.
1: Well, you know, I let off the show with "It's a New Year." Same Jags, but not the same old Jags. That's for sure. I'm wondering if that may have to deal with today's theme. We appreciate you, producer Casey Dobson. We appreciate our friends on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. This one courtesy of 6024. He's got 2713 Jags Texans. We are accepting your score predictions because this is such a wacky game. It's a very unorthodox kickoff show because, quite frankly, it does not matter, perhaps, to the Jaguars' playoff hopes. Fact or fiction? Let's check in with our next guest to see what he thinks.
0: Now, another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line, brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah.
1: Frank Frangie, your voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars, joining us now on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Frank, Rick led off the show by saying this is one of the most strange storylines going into a week 17 matchup he's ever seen as we began today's program for you, knowing that the Jaguars are are looking ahead, but not looking ahead, if you know what I mean, to the Titans' matchup next yeah. week. What are the expectations out there, boots on the ground in Houston, this fine New Year's Day?
3: Yeah, good morning uh, to you and uh, Rick, Mia, and Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, by the way, the Riddlers talk about the New Year, but call me crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, hey, look, I uh, I think there are, you're right, Rick. There's a lot of storylines, an odd storyline here. But I think yeah, Doug Peterson's made it pretty simple. And, here's, and I think the one thing that can't get lost in this, it has taken him an entire year to teach these guys how to win, to teach these guys how to get ready, how to prepare, to teach them to do it on their own some. He was telling me the other day that uh, more than ever now, they're watching tape on their own and they have, they know how to watch tape and, and they're learning how to be ready to win on Sunday. And it took three quarters of a season to get to that point, right? Well, you can't just unteach it one week. Well, you know what? This game doesn't matter as much. So forget everything we've talked about in terms of how to learn how to win and how to be ready to win on a Sunday. Because you don't have to, because this study doesn't matter. Now, oh, by the way, next weekend, it matters again. I don't think it works like that with a young team. Maybe it was a more veteran team. You could shut it down for a couple weeks and then stir, and then build it back up. I think part of this, Mia, I think a big part of this is you got to be ready to win every week. Now, does that mean he won't start pulling some people? Uh, if it gets out of hand either way, well, that's a different conversation. But I think to start the game, this is all about you've learned how to be ready to win Let's go win on Sunday. And he has not wavered from that. He has not vacillated from that. I think that's what it's about. As for how much it matters, well, that's a whole different conversation. But I understand why he's trying to get his team ready to win.
2: Yeah, if it was more of a veteran presence, I mean, if you had a a Brady or a Rogers or a Matt Ryan or or a quarterback like that, Matt Stafford, then, yeah, maybe you could sit this one out and and then uh, re-energize yourself in a week. But I think momentum has been the key word. And... You know, even though this game doesn't have major significance, you know, the possibility of a wild card, which I happen to think is totally irrelevant because I've said it forever. I think Tennessee's done and I think Jacksonville knocks him off here next week. I do understand his thinking. Uh, Everything is pointing in the right direction. So let's go out today, play a football game and not have to deal with a hangover of kind of playing, you know, some guys not playing others. And all of a sudden you lose your 10th in a row to
3: Houston. Yeah, Now, and and that's exactly right, Rick. It's, it's momentum. It's a young team. Now, let me throw in one other caveat that no one's thinking about, but it is reality. You could tie the game next week. Now, people say, well, nobody ties in the NFL. Well, maybe not, but if you're in overtime and you're down three, or you wouldn't be down three in overtime, but if you're in overtime and you're tied, whether or not to, to throw a Hail Mary or do something desperate or to just take the tie, remember, if you win today and tie next week, you move on. If you lose today and tie next week, you don't move on. So, again, I know it's a long shot, and I know there aren't many ties, but mathematically, it is a fact. You know, if you if you win today and tie next week, you move on. If you lose today and tie next week, you don't move on. So there's a lot of variables. But the main things what you just said, Rick. This is momentum. It's learning how to play. And, look, they're all going to play. I, I mean, I think they're all playing. I think Patakasi's playing. I think Trayvon Walker's playing. I don't think anybody's going to be held out of this game today.
1: As this fan base knows all too well, Frank, expect the unexpected. Frank Frangie joining us from Houston on the fair and fair phone line. He will be on the call right here on 1010 AM 92.5 FM a little bit later this afternoon, live from Houston. I joked with Rick Frank earlier. um, We we spent the whole 15 minutes of the first segment of the show, not talking per se specifically about the Texans and what threats they could potentially pose this Jaguars team. So let's start 30,000 foot view with you. Um, What, what, Potential challenges does this Houston Texans team, sitting at two ten and one, present the Jaguars?
3: I think there's two things, me. Number one, they've gotten better. They probably should have beat the Cowboys. They led the whole game. They took the Chiefs, who I think are the best team in the league, to overtime. They're getting, and then they won last week. So the last three weeks, they've been a better team than two twelve and one. They really have. I know you are what your record says you are, but but they've been better than that the last few weeks. And I think we all know they've been better than that the last few weeks. I don't think anybody would debate that. Secondly. Um, their, their defense, even though ranked last in the league against the rush, has been better. Malik Collins is a pretty good player. I can tell you they're concerned about him. They know he's a pretty good player. Uh, ronco the linebacker, is probably playing his best football. But offensively, let me tell you see what worries me a little bit, Mia. Last week, Chris Streveler ran like crazy against the Jags. They brought him in as a running quarterback. Now, in fairness to the Jags, nobody saw that coming. They sprung it on him. This week, you know that Jeff Driscoll is going to run some. But they're going to play both guys. And that two that two-quarterback thing is real. And Jeff Driscoll's going to take off and run some. That's a kind of a new thing in the league. People are just starting to do it now, bring in the second quarterback and let him run a bunch of quarterback draws, and then bring in the other guy and let him throw. So, yeah, there are some challenges. It's not a good team. I'm not going to make it out that the Houston Texans are a good team. They're not as good as the Jags, and the Jags should win the game. But to your question, uh, the defense is getting better. They've played people close the last month. And I think the quarterback running the football is a real thing.
2: All right, so it was Strevler. All right, I must have missed that. I thought it was Tim Tebow who was signed uh, (laughs) last Thursday night uh, by the New York Jets. And, uh, yeah, he ran it for, what, 54 yards and and actually completed uh, more passes, believe it or not, than Zach Wilson uh, in that game. You know, know, Frank, one thing that I think – is important today, perhaps more for the fans than those actually who are on the team is, you know, it it just feels like so many weeks this year, there was a, another negative streak on the line and they've snapped them all. They snapped the West coast one. They snapped the NFC one. They snapped at Nashville, that one. Now there's this one nine in a row against Houston. So regardless of what happens the rest of the way through with all the expectations, which will grow for the 2023 season, it'll be nice not to have to look back on some of these negative streaks, which, again, felt like we talked about on a weekly fashion this past year.
3: Yeah, you know what, Rick? I think they've broken so many of those streaks, they're probably ahead of schedule on it. Uh, when we when we all sat down and did a record or what you, what did we all say? Six to eight wins, right? We were somewhere in oh, yeah. six to eight, right? I was six and 11. Range. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think we were all in there somewhere, right? Well, they're probably going to win nine games. So they're probably going to win the division. Uh, they've broken streak after streak. So they're ahead of schedule. And that is a real tribute to Doug Peterson. And it's not like that he just fell into this. They weren't there when the season began or certainly four or five games in. So, yeah, I think they've broken all those streaks. Look, this is a better franchise, man. This is a team that's going to win a bunch of games moving. Barring something um, uh, tragic, uh, somebody of significant, significance getting hurt, this team's going to win a lot of games as we move forward. They are built. Rick, you know this as well as anybody we all do. When you get quarterback and coach in today's NFL, coach means play the right guys, build the right roster, call the right place. Quarterback means quarterback. When you get coach and quarterback figured out in this league, I don't care if it's Belichick and Brady or Dungy and Manning or Sean Payton and Drew Brees. I don't, I don't care if it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. When you get them figured out together, so veteran coach, young quarterback, star quarterback, you all of a sudden become a team uh, this, this the Buffalo Bills. You all of a, you become a team of note. That's where this team's headed, Rick. There's no there's no doubt about that. Nobody debates that. Everybody around the league, I talk to veteran play-by-play guys, all the play-by-play guys kind of know each other, so we talk a lot. Everybody kind of knows, barring something unforeseen, this team's headed to those good times. And yeah, hopefully today's uh one more step in that direction.
1: Couple more for Frank Frangi on the Farah and Farah phone line, Frank. Let's talk a little bit about a Lovie Smith secondary that has given Trevor Lawrence fits over the last two seasons because lest we forget, TL 16, and three in his career against the Texans and the Lovie Smith cover two. They've played a couple different looks over the last few weeks, but what do you anticipate they will play? The combination of Jalen Petrie, Derek Stingley and friends going up against Trevor this afternoon.
3: Yeah, Stingley, I think's down, so they're not going to have him. But you're right. I, I, I think this, Mia. I think more than anything else, what happens is. Uh, a veteran coordinator like Lovey, and it's a great question. A veteran coordinator like Lovey plays that cover two and sits back and changes his coverage and makes a young quarterback read. So a young quarterback is going to struggle against what Lovey Smith does. That's always going to happen. A young quarterback is going to struggle against a veteran coordinator like Lovey. But the more that young quarterback becomes adept to reading defenses, the better he's going to be against it. Lovey Smith has not defended this Trevor Lawrence yet. Okay, he defended the early Trevor Lawrence. Twice last year and early this year, before the light went on, I think we all know after that Denver game in London when the light kind of went on. The so Lovey hasn't defended this cover yet, and with this this group of receivers and the chemistry he has with them, so I'll be interested to see if Lovey mixes it up a little bit. They're still going to play cover two. They're still going to play a lot of zone. They're still going to keep everything in front of them. But me, I think a little different a different outcome this week. Because it's a different Trevor than Lovey's ever coached again.
2: My last one for you, Frank. Uh, for the most part, this team has been able to avoid injuries. I mean, they did lose Ben Barch early, and obviously they've lost Shaq Griffin. But the last couple of weeks, it's caught up with them now with Cam Robinson and Dewan Smoot. Uh, interested today to see. How things will go on that defensive line if, in fact, Big Foley returns and Trayvon Walker returns? I think there was some school of thought that maybe Trayvon a little bit more inside. You could trust Arden Key and Duan Smoot more on the outside. Smoot's gone, so uh, do you think it's more of the same old, same old, or perhaps a little bit of some tweaking on that defensive line today?
3: I think you hit it, Rick. I think Trayvon is going to be a guy who plays with his hand down. I think that they figured out that's who he is. So I think you'll see that. Mia's going to ask me in a minute my uh, my key guy to the game, so I'm holding back on Art and Key. Mia, that's a little tip where I'm going with that one. But I but I think they're going to play with uh, – I think you're right. Trayvon's going to have his hand down. Uh, Fadakasi's going to play. Fadakasi needs to play a little better. You know, he, he probably needs to play a little better than he's been playing. And I, and I think that's why he needs to play in this game. Trayvon hadn't played in a while. Uh, I don't want Trayvon's first game back to be he's been out three weeks and then he plays the most important game of the year next week. But I think you'll see their hand on the ground. The only thing that concerns me about pass rushes, I'm telling you, I think this quarterback running is real. Jeff Driscoll is not a good NFL player, but he's averaging six yards of carry, and he's rushed for almost 400 yards. And so they're going to run him. They're going to run him. They saw what Strevler did last week. So you can't rush all out all the time, particularly when he's in the game. But I think you'll see what you said, a little bit of a mixed defense.
1: I was actually going to stick on the injury front there, Frank, and I was going to ask you about Brandon Scherf, but yes, we will get to your X factor in today's matchup coming up in just a little bit. Brandon Scherf had told me earlier in the week he anticipated playing. Adam Schefter just reported that he expects all five of the questionable Jaguars listed on their injury report to play in today's game. What have you thought of the offensive line of late? Rick and I were talking about it. I mean, Scherf we know is banged up. Walker Little made his first start of the season last week. What do you make of them? Heading into not just today's game, but then moving forward into that Week 18 matchup.
3: Yeah, two things, Mayor. Great question. First of all, for sure, let me say this, and I know you know this, and Rick, I know you know this. The impact he's had on those young linemen because he wants to freaking play. Was it? Was it two weeks ago when he were last week when he limped out of there and he could barely walk and he, and, he, and he insisted on going back into the game. He's had a. He is. It's really been important to him to play, and he's the guy that says, "I'm playing. I don't care how freaking hurt I am." I don't care what you have to wrap me up in. I'm playing. And that's had an effect on Juwan. It's had an effect on Cam, who's, who's, who's been hurt here and there. It's had an effect on Luke Portner, who's a young player. It's had an effect on those young backups. He's had a real effect on those guys. There's a toughness and a willingness to play that they're all kind of getting because Brandon Sheriff, Sheriff is like that. And me, I think he is going to play. I think all the hurt guys are playing. Again, I think everyone's going to give it a go. I don't think anybody's being held out of the game. Now, again, Here's what Doug didn't say, and who knows where he stands on this. If you get to the second half and the game's in hand either way, normally in the NFL, you never pull anybody, no matter what, unless it's, you know, 45 3 or whatever, but it don't happen, doesn't happen very often in the league. But if you get to the second half and it's in, I then wouldn't be surprised to see CJ Beathard and to see, I think you might see more of DeMichael Hasty and more of Snoop Connor, but they're not starting the game that way. I think the Hurts guys are all going to start about
2: And I agree with that. Those are the two, and then maybe Sheriff and a few others as well. I mean, again, this is in college where you have 85 guys uh, on your sideline. You got about half that. In the NFL, Frank, have a great call today. Appreciate oh, it as always. But
1: before we let him go, oh, well, we oh. got to give him the floor, uh, Rick, for his X factor. Oh,
2: imagine! Imagine we my can't ask We
1: can't ask the play-by-play guy for a score prediction. See what happens when
2: you don't have any cocktails on New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, you forget about things on yeah. New Year's Day.
1: Rick's also upset. I was supposed to bring the refreshments for this uh, Wingstop kickoff show, Frank. Uh, for for you, I know you alluded to it. Arden yeah. Key, that's that's your X factor in this game. I,
3: I- I think it is, and, and, and Mia asks me that every week. So, Mia, I, was, I, had, to, I had to be prepared this week for when you asked me that because I love the question. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think this. I think Josh Allen's had a, a tough year. I, I, we can all agree with that. We all agree that he's a wonderful guy, good player, but hasn't had the year I thought he, think, he thinks he would have liked to have had. Trayvon's going inside when he does play. smooths down. Look for could Key to have a big game. Look for Arden Key. Davis Mills tends to hold the ball a little bit. Their offensive line's not good. Uh, they're, they're, it's okay, but it's not great. The receivers, it's not a great receiving core. Brandon Cook's long in the tooth. There's not much else. Look for Arden Key. Write down 49, Mia. Right right there on that little sheet you go. Write down 49. And then if he doesn't do anything, forget I told you that. Okay? Yeah. But in the, in the event that he does, I think he's not okay. good. Guys, thanks for having me. Happy New Year going to be a fun day today.
1: Right back at you, Frank, and I am sure that Mr. Arden Key packed his boombox to bring to Houston, Texas. I'm sure, no doubt, no sure doubt. it made its way on the team charter. Frank, have a great call. We look forward to you, Jeff Lagaman, Tony Baselli, and, of course, Bucky Brooks coming up a little bit later.
3: Okay, me and Rick. Thank you.
1: There he goes. Frank Frangi, the voice of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, kickoff between the Texans and the Big Cats set for 1 o'clock Eastern,
2: 12 mm-hmm. o'clock
1: local time in H-Town.
2: Looking forward to it. It's a great day today in the NFL, and obviously, you know, everyone around here, this is what matters most. But you just look around the league and all the importance. Um, that's why that this thing is so messed up that, you know, in a lot of ways this game doesn't mean anything. You look at all of the other matchups today, and whether it's trying to get home field or trying to get a bye or trying to become a wild card team or perhaps lose and try to get, you know, move up into the top five of the NFL draft or get the top overall pick uh, in the NFL draft. It, it's just amazing, every single one of these games. And I also love that, for the most part, we have divisional matchups late in the year. That's the way it should be. I know there's a couple of odd games today, but you know I just look around, Minnesota and Green Bay uh, is, is certainly a huge game. Um, you know, the Dolphins have won three in a row. Can they win without Tua? Uh, going into uh, New England today, how about down the road in Tampa? I mean, seven and eight Tampa—it's amazing because seven and eight Tampa—they're like on death's door. Eight and seven Miami—they're like on death's door. Seven and eight Jacksonville—it feels like this team's headed to the Super Bowl. It's absolutely phenomenal as to what's going on right now in our state. It's totally tilted for the first time. North, not South. It's amazing.
1: I get such a kick out of people that bash the AFC South, and I'm like, do you see what's going on in the NFC? I Ugh. mean, a Steve Wilkes-led Carolina team has an opportunity today to knock off the goat and possibly make a playoff run. Mm-hmm. How?
2: With Sam Darnold. Oh my god. They've had four. They've they've used four quarterbacks I love just this year it. I love in just in, in it. Carolina. You've had Baker. You've had Sam. You've had Jacob Eason. You've had P.J. Walker. And yeah, wide open. Tampa Bay is, they're a tough watch. You know what I mean? I mean, they're tough on the eyes. You're like, wait a minute, is this the same Buccaneer team that we saw win a Super Bowl and, and gave it their best shot a year ago? It, they are abysmal, right? They're slow and friendly on defense. And their skill position guys on offense have totally lost their speed.
1: Years of watching Iowa football where the defense outscores the offense has prepared me for watching Tampa Bay Buccaneer football in 2023. No doubt. Uh, Let's continue around the league coming up in the 9 o'clock hour of the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. In the interim, we will be hitting the fair and fair injury report. Keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys and oh so much more. You are listening to the flagship station of the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: The Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
1: We're tapping back into uh, the alternative rock ranks Courtesy of producer Casey Dobson The self-proclaimed Riddler Not the Ritter, the Riddler Uh, If your threshold for music, Rick, is uh, 1988 I'm not sure you uh, are familiar with that one
2: Well, I can go to 92 That's when uh, uh, Actually, that would have been Octon Baby uh, Was released uh, by you 2 but no, not familiar. with. Was that like Blink-182? Who is that
1: uh, that we just listened to, Casey Dobson?
4: So in their band name, here's a clue, oh. New Found Glory.
1: Oh, okay. It's yes. Newfound... way out of my league. New Found Glory, it's a new dawn, it's a new day, it's a new life. Um, You know, I-, I led the show by saying that it's um New Year, same Jags, but not the same old Jags, so I um, appreciate the sentiment. Casey yeah, Thompson.
2: I mean, I thought you were going to play New Year's Day,
1: maybe we still
2: or something like that. You know what I mean?
1: We've still got four segments to go on the one stop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Perhaps mm-hmm. we'll hear from that. We're hearing from lots of folks on the text line brought to you by Lifetime and Closing. They're up.
2: I mean, I thought people party on New Year's Eve, they're like, forget about it, let's get a good night's sleep. With the new went
4: to sleep
2: uh, for Jaguars football. Perhaps that as well after, after <laughs> sensational college football games last night. I learned two things last night, uh, once again. No one, and I repeat, no one understands or does know what targeting means. And how about the officials last night, man? Whether it's a a hit on a quarterback, whether it's whether or not you actually cross the goal line, I'm really worried about our future when it comes to referees. It's amazing to me how we can be sitting on a bar stool or you know, sitting on a lazy boy, and we get it, and we see it, yet they have all the technology in the world, and they get it wrong. It's amazing to me.
1: I see plenty of questions with regards to last night's college football playoff and the rest of the bowl game season and how it could affect the AFC South next season. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but first, let's take a look at that all-important injury report.
0: The personal injury attorneys of Farrah and Farrah present this injury update, Farrah and Farrah, Jacksonville, protecting you and your family since 1979.
1: I kept saying five players. It's actually six for the Jaguars. Cut me some slack. It is. Oh, don't New forget, forget the long
0: snapper now. Yes,
1: I know. Well, actually, I forgot Andrew Wingard, who did practice in full on Friday, the only player on the Jaguars injury report who practiced in full on Friday of those six players that are listed as questionable. In addition to Dewey Winger, Trevor Lawrence with that nagging toe injury listed as questionable. He is expected to play in today's game against the Texans. As are outside linebacker Trayvon Walker, offensive lineman Brandon Scherf, defensive lineman Foley Fatukasi, And yes, the long snapper Ross Matisik, who I can tell you um, has been fighting this back injury for a couple of weeks now. They did sign a long snapper to the practice squad as a precautionary measure Sounds like he's going to give it a go. He had told me when I spoke with him on Thursday that he was anticipating giving it a go. I truly believe, Rick, that Doug Peterson has instilled a mindset of if you're available, you're going to play
2: everyone's playing hurt at this time of year. Finally, some Florida State blood has been injected into this roster with the signing of Garrison Sanborn, who gets a free trip to Houston on New Year's Day. We'll see if he's in there uh, in place of Ross Matisek, uh coming up this afternoon. I love it, and, you know, we just talked about it a moment ago, but I I, I think it really sets a precedent to go out there and and play hard, and you can look at a guy like Brandon Sheriff. This football team, especially offensively, has been lacking leaders for a very long period of time. I think, I mean, obviously you know this, Mia, and and we have a very – intelligent listening audience. Everything changes when you go from high school to college to pro. Dewey Wingard may be the exception to the rule because the point I'm trying to make is that in the NFL, the only way you can lead is if you're a great player. I mean, you can be a great talker. You can come out, you can do this, you can do that. guy. Oh, there's been plenty of those. Nick uh, Foles. Exactly. And you need to make plays in order to – really be a leader in this league. And if you're beaten up and you're hurt, and obviously we know that Brandon Sheriff's not a guy, you you know him from uh, his days in college. Uh, I guess he was gone before you were there at Iowa. But I I remember his initial press conference. Mm -hmm. He really didn't want to talk. He really didn't want to do anything. And, And that's fine. But he's still a leader in that locker room. And when you're not 100% and you go out there and you play well and you do your job, That's going to rub off on your teammates. This club has been lacking leaders on offense for a very long period of time. Last year, to me, the leader on this football team was Marvin Jones Jr., and he was a newly acquired free agent, okay? I don't want to contradict myself because the same thing can be said now about Brandon Sheriff, but... We're starting to see leaders emerge, obviously Trevor as well, taking over here deep into a second year.
1: And I said during the Cowboys game in the press box, and I understand he's on a contract year, and that certainly I'm sure played into it. I'm not sure Jawan Taylor goes back into that game against the Dallas Cowboys if this is one year ago. And that is with all due respect to Jawan, um, the financial situation there. He's a great guy. He's always been a good dude, a good locker room guy. But like when I saw him go back into that game, that said to me, this is a different ball club with a different identity and a different mindset. Um, Also want to hit the Houston Texans injury report. Frank noted that Derek Stingley, the third overall pick from this past April's NFL draft, is on injured reserve, will not play in today's game. Two other players have been ruled out for the Houston Texans, that being offensive lineman Jimmy Morrissey and tight end Tegan Quinteragno, with a concussion and a thigh injury respectfully. And uh, old friend alert, Daria Gumbawale, is questionable with a knee injury. Former Jaguars running back.
2: Uh, They lost to the Jets a year ago. They won against New York, what, last Thursday night. Correct. Okay. You know who scored both touchdowns for the Jaguars? Dari
1: Agumboale. In
2: 2021, Dari Agumboale and Will Richardson on a fumble- In the end zone. The Jaguars did also today announce, uh, it came in, I believe, last night that uh, they're elevating Koi Kronk uh, from the practice squad, Correct. who will become their swing tackle. Interesting point you make about Juwan Taylor coming back in um, and playing because, you know, he goes out and, and Walker Little gets one series, and, you know, that, to me, what, what we've seen now with Evan Ingram and what we've seen with Rayshon Jenkins has been a complete turnaround, let's, at least in my opinion. Let's say the first six to eight games, I'm like, wait a minute. Evan Ingram's averaging just over three receptions a game. You, you can't pay him market value. He's gone. And Rayshon Jenkins, I kind of put in the same category with Shaq and Roy Robertson-Harris as the big defensive signings two years ago. Thought they were all gone. Obviously, he's turned up his play and has had a very good year. But the biggest decision outside of the, those two, which I think will become two and three, is what do you do with Juwan Taylor? Do you, do you re-sign him? Do you pay him what he's going to want, which is probably top five money? Uh, we saw the huge deal in Cleveland uh, last week. Batanyo? Yeah. No, no, no. No, uh, uh, oh, uh, Conklin. J- oh, Conklin. Uh, yep. the, the right tackle there. It's, it's $60 million. Over, over four years. It's $30 million guaranteed. So we would have liked to have seen Walker Little get a game at right tackle, but Cam goes down, so you got to flip him and put him back over to left tackle, where obviously will be today, and you bring in Juwan Taylor, who's hurt, and he toughs it out for you. So we didn't get what we wanted and that was a good look at little on the right side but yeah I mean you got to give this man a lot of credit for battling back and going out there and playing he's clearly not 100%
1: taking you behind the curtain in the locker room after the Jets game and after the Cowboys game as well Rick I mean I've never seen a player who had so much bandaging on that hamstring like Jawan Taylor did and that was why knowing he played 100% of the snaps against the Jets again it was remarkable it it was remarkable his play was great and you noted off the top of the program this team has only allowed two sacks last two weeks it's to arguably two of the best players in the National Football League and Quinn Williams and Micah Parsons another taking you behind the curtain because oh yeah I I swear I, I see this every day on Twitter Every day on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. Where is Shaq Griffin? We have not seen or heard from him. Is his face on a milk carton? Doug Peterson was asked about the highest paid player. Yes, the highest paid player on the Jaguars roster earlier this week. Um, He claims that he is in the building. They just don't know if and when he will be activated off of injured reserve.
2: I don't think it's going to happen. This secondary is improved, obviously, when they moved – um, you know, Darius Williams to the outside. And, you know, Shaq's a, he's a lovable guy. He, he, it just didn't work out here for one reason or another. And he has been injured, but I don't think they did with like what Las Vegas did with, with, uh, with Derek Carr. They, they said, Hey Derek, you're making $30 million this year, but here's what's up. We don't want you to be a distraction. Go home for the next two weeks. Can you imagine making $30 million? dollars and then you're told with two weeks left in the season just get out of the building and go play golf or do something we don't even want to have you around
1: imagine if you're Devonte adams and you came to las vegas to play with that guy yeah and now they're saying he could be traded as soon as the super bowl is over
2: right a lot Crazy. of people think tom brady could be there next year a lot of people think tom brady tom brady's being mentioned everywhere next year at 45 years old right 45 years of age uh talk that you know he he ends up there or he ends up in San Francisco or or who knows what the case is going to be uh for Brady but you know that to me is a shame um when when you really read it that way and I know there's been some interesting stuff with uh with, with Irving and the NBA and stuff like that 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 brought in some COVID stuff and some comments that he made But I think it's really Bush that, you know, Las Vegas still, percentage-wise, has a chance to make the playoffs. They they need crazy things to happen. But you just say to this $30 million quarterback, leave the building for two weeks? To me, that's wrong.
1: We got to see what Jared Stidham
2: Yes. Well, 64 career passes, starting today for the Raiders.
1: 64th quarterback to start in the National Football League this year. You know, Absolutely our f- bonkers.
2: Our friend John Clayton, who passed in 2022, used to keep that statistic. And every time I'd have him on, he found a way to mention it. And it was great. He, he would uh, track quarterback starts. And he would have it from year to year to year as to who was playing and, and who was not playing and who was starting, etc. So just a quick little shout out there. I don't know if you ever met John, but he was truly one of the uh, – we lost so many – good people in, uh, in 2022, John Clayton. J- and John was was really interesting because he was one of the really few guys in, uh, in the NFL. I, I, I don't think there's really anyone else who does it. He was on the Seattle Seahawks radio broadcast team, but he was on the other sideline. Mm-hmm. So the two times that we met with Seattle, including when they went into the stands here and had the big fight, Clayton was on the Jaguar sideline because he did the opposing so I was right next to him but but he'd be great I mean this guy never took you talk about never taking a playoff I mean all of a sudden you know I, I I you know it'd be like a first down carry, you know pick up a four yards by Leonard fournette and all of a sudden my phone would blow up and he's like hey do you have anything on that Avery Jones injury hey uh, do you know what's going on right now with AJ can You know This guy was relentless, and he just loved it. So this is a quick shout-out. I I really miss John Clayton. He was awesome.
1: Gone too soon, and if the Jaguars are to keep wildcard hopes alive, they will need his Seahawks to beat those New York football jets here this afternoon. We're calling an audible, producer Casey Dobson, because we got to say hello to our guy, Hayes Carlion in Houston. So let's take a break. We'll push keys to the game coming up later in the 9 o'clock hour, hour number two of the Wingstop kickoff show coming to you, brought to you by Color Home and Clearwater Irrigation. Uh, coming to you next, live on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
1: clock hour is here on the Wingstop kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation and so is our next riddle Rick Ballew.
2: Well uh, before we get to the riddle I just want to say that uh, so many people with Olivia Newton-John and getting physical and getting in the gym and hitting the streets and losing all the weight uh, that people are going to do I want to announce right now that in 2023 I'm going to put on 15 pounds. Right. I think you're the first person boy. to ever
1: announce that on a January 1st on live radio. Right.
2: So, I'm going to put on 1-5 when one it's all five. said and done. And my only goal is to make it to 2024.
1: I, and listen, that's a good goal to make. We lost way too many good ones
2: You're right about that.
1: Well, the Jaguars have to get physical if they're to have a shot at snapping a nine-game skid against the hated Houston Texans? Let's check in with our guy behind enemy lines live in Houston, Hayes Carlion.
0: Now let's go Behind Enemy Lines. Behind Enemy Lines. Brought to you by Palo Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
1: Why, hello there. Joining us now on the Fair and Farrah phone line, the esteemed Hayes Car You get him every day on the Frangie Show during the work week here on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Hayes, good morning. How are things looking out there in H-Town?
5: Good morning. Happy New Year, Mia, Rick, and Casey, and, and all of our great listeners. Yeah, it's uh, it's. it's uh, it's kind of dreary in Houston right now, but obviously won't matter. They'll be inside the dome and NRG and uh, you know, hopefully this will be another place. The Jaguars can rectify some, some bad recent history and, and, and get a victory. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's been a, it's, you know, a, a venue that hasn't been very kind to the Jaguars, but obviously uh, they're in great position to get a win today. So yeah, I hope you guys are having a happy new year. Uh, if, if, Hearing Olivia Newton John's physical doesn't get you ready to run through a wall on a football Saturday. than I or Sunday, I don't know what to tell you.
2: <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, I think everyone out there would agree that you know college football holds more. It's got a uh, a more scenic uh, feel to it, and certainly a louder feel to it. But I I got to tell you, Hayes, the the loudest NFL stadium I've ever been to was right there in Houston when J.J. Watt ran out with the Texas State flag right after they dealt with a hurricane. So uh, it's been a difficult place for Jacksonville to play. That stadium can absolutely get loud, but I wouldn't expect that that's going to be the case today considering how well or how not, uh, or I guess I should say how unwell Houston has played.
5: Yeah, and Rick, I didn't make that trip because of the hurricane. Um and so I, I wasn't there that day and obviously you could tell how electric it was and and and, and you and, and the others that were there have said that. For the most part this is not a, a noisy venue anyway, uh, in my experience here. It's uh um and so I, I would anticipate that today may be the the deadest that we've seen. Uh in terms of crowd noise. It it may be one of those that you kind of have to create a little bit of energy, but, you know, these guys are pros. They're they're accustomed to doing that. But, yeah, I wouldn't think that, you know, a, a silent count. I wouldn't think that, you know, uh, an offense getting out of rhythm because of the crowd noise. I, I wouldn't think that the Jaguars will have any operational issues today. I You can, you know, look at the seating uh, if you're looking for tickets for this game. And, and I mean, you've, you've certainly got your choice. So <laughs> I, I would not think you're going to see a, a, a lot of Texans fans in the stands for this one. And and again, Houston's sort of in the boat that, you know, the Jaguars have been in the last couple of years where you're almost, well, certainly two years ago, where you're you're almost, at this point, I don't think you're really wanting to win if you're a fan. Now, obviously, the Texans are going to play and try and win the game. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, after seeing what Bryce Young did, you know, you got to think if you're Houston, you've sort of mentally moved on to, you know, writing his name on a draft card and turning it in, in in early May.
1: Hayes Carlion joining us from Houston ahead of today's Jaguars and Texans game. Speaking of the quarterback position, Hayes, I'm curious, your thoughts on the Davis Mills, Jeff Driscoll two-headed monster that the Jaguars will have to counter this afternoon as we spoke with Frank Frangie earlier. And he says that that is one of his keys to the game.
5: I think it has to be just because it's so unique. You just don't see it. What's What's odd about it, is the Jaguars did at least get some experience with it in terms of what the Jets threw at them uh, kind of in surprising fashion 10 days ago uh, up in uh, MetLife. So uh, the Jaguars have, have seen it live. Uh, I, I don't think there's a, a huge difference in talent um, between uh, what was Strebler and, and Driscoll. Uh, you know I, I don't think that Driscoll is light years better uh, so I think it's sort of the same kind of player uh, that the difference is Davis Mills is further along than Zach Wilson by a good bit. And even though Davis Mills has struggled and he's not going to be their starter next year, he does worry me because he's played well against the Jaguars in the past. So even though he hasn't had a lot of career success, you worry about when he sees that helmet, he sees that Jaguar. Does something click and he's and his confidence rises and and he plays well because he's capable of playing well. He, he's going to be in the league for, you know, eight years maybe more. But, uh, you know, but it's going to be more as a backup. And, uh, so that that's a little bit of a concern. But yeah, I think you know if you're if you're the Texans and you see how well the Jets were able to execute, you know, their version of that offense late in the game there, I think absolutely you've had success with Jeff Driscoll. He can throw it around a little bit one player that I'm interested in seeing is Amari Rogers because he was left for dead in green Bay. I mean, he was a third round pick out of Clemson, uh, a lot of talent, uh, never really got going at all with the Packers. Uh, you know, my guess is Aaron Rodgers just never really trusted him and, 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 and that's, that's fine, but he's been a surprise. Green Bay cuts him. I don't know, maybe six weeks ago. And uh, he's been able to sort of get in the mix. So he's a talented player. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see if he can do anything today. Brandon Cooks is obviously a savvy veteran with some speed, so I, I am a little concerned about Davis Mills. At least having you know two drives where he's able to really move the ball and and threaten to to get it in the end zone.
2: Yeah, I mean even though Houston their record doesn't support it, it they have been able to score uh, as of late. I mean they put up 19 against Tennessee, but they put up 24 and 23 in losses the two weeks prior to that against really good teams. I mean, Kansas City could end up with the first round bye. Dallas, um, you know, if they don't win the NFC East, which is going to be tough because of Philadelphia, they're going to go down the road here and play at Tampa Bay. And I think most believe that Dallas will be favored in that game. So, you know, there's a lot of jokes and a lot of things that are being said about Houston, but they they find ways to put up points offensively.
5: Yeah, they do. And and I, I think it's a concern. And, you know, and they're, you know, I, I think their running game is good enough to at least, you know, you have to pay some attention to it. So that's got to be a point of emphasis. Now, it looks like, you know, the Jaguars will have Trayvon Walker and Fully back, backs. So that'll certainly help in light of Dewan Smoot going on IR, which is just tragic. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, know, I, I think if, if, the Jaguars can, can win in the, in the trenches and slow down the Texans run game and, you know, force Davis Mills or Jeff Driscoll to have to do some things in third and long. Then, you know, that certainly plays to the Jaguars advantage, but you know, I'm not ready to say that the Jaguars have some great defense. I mean, I, I, you know, they played well against the jets, but the jets are in a full meltdown, uh, offensively with Zach Wilson. And, and now we'll see what they can be with Mike white returning. But, uh, you know, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans scored 20 points today. I don't think it'll happen. You know, I, I think the Texans come in under that. But, you know, Rick, to your point, they're playing pretty well. They're playing with some confidence. And, I, I you know, this Jaguar defense, to me, is still very susceptible.
1: The total currently sits, according to the good folks at my bookie, at 43 for today's game. The hook has also been taken off Rick and Hayes. Uh, the Jaguars now a three-point favorite. According to my bookie, Hayes Carlion with us for a couple more minutes on the Farron Farah phone line. Hayes, what do you expect from Trevor Lawrence today, who is expected to start today's contest?
5: I think it's going to be a an interesting middle challenge for Trevor today because the Texans really frustrated him in the first meeting. He's grown a ton since that game, but the Texans don't give you anything really easy. I mean, they they're they're not a they don't have a ton of talent. But they play well together. And, uh, again, it, it seems like we're talking about a team that you think would be threatening for a wild card spot, not the first pick in the draft. But uh, but they're, they're not a pushover. It is reflected in that line. Uh, you know, Vegas boys and girls believe it's going to be about a field goal game. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a test for Trevor. Because I, I do think if you're Doug Peterson, I would not want to put a lot on Travis Etienne today. Um, I would not want to give him 27 carries today in this game. If I can help it, I I'd rather the plan be, you know, let's, let's rely on our passing game. Let's, let's lean on that. But Trevor's going to have to be smart. The underneath stuff will be there. Uh, you know, but, but I think, I think when he goes to take some chances, which he's going to have to at point, uh, he's going to have to really know what, uh, what look he's getting and, and how to exploit it. And I think the Texans do a really good job of that. So, um I think Trevor will play well. Uh but I don't think it'll be some spectacular statistical day either. I I'm not expecting 350 yards and four touchdowns and you know zero picks. I I think it's I think it's a little bit of a of a grind for him. But at the end of the day, I think everybody'll be happy with his performance. And and I do think the Jaguars are are going to win the game today. I, and I think that total is is probably about right, but I think the Jaguars cover. I uh, I would put it at you know, twenty maybe twenty-one to ten. You know that kind of game. Um, maybe twenty-one thirteen. But uh, but yeah, I, I think Trevor Lawrence will play well. And uh, but there'll be moments where you know I think the the Texans will be able to get the momentum.
0: You
2: know, outside of uh, last week when you know Jacksonville three-three uh, ball game. And in the in the first quarter and Jacksonville put up ten unanswered in the second quarter. You go to the six games prior to that, Hayes, and, and Jacksonville found themselves trailing. And each and every one of them. I mean, some of them they were down twenty nothing in Kansas City. They were down seventeen nothing against the Raiders uh, before they came back, down twenty-seven ten to Dallas before they came back. I think today's an important uh, game in which Jacksonville doesn't start that way. I mean, score early. Try to pull some of these guys out of the ball game. I I don't want Trevor Lawrence going 60 minutes today. I don't want Travis Etienne or Brandon Sheriff going 60 minutes today. I don't want Trayvon Walker coming back for his first game in three weeks on a bad ankle going 60 minutes today. And I also understand, and our listeners do as well, that this isn't college football where you have 85 guys. You have less than half that. Uh, on your sideline, but it would be nice to get out, get a lead, and put this team away so you can rest some of your players.
5: It would be nice, but I, Rick, I'd be surprised if that happens. I, I, I do not see this being a thirty-eight, ten Jaguars romp. Uh, I, I just, I think this is going to be a game that the Jaguars are going to have to play a full sixty minutes to win. You know, maybe you're able to if you're up double digits. You know, with a few minutes left, you're able to to pull out some guys, but. I think for the most part, this is going to be all hands on deck. And, you know, frankly, it needs to be. You know, I mean, the, the wild card uh, scenario, I don't think is all that implausible. Now, I think the Jaguars are going to win today, and I think they're probably going to beat Tennessee. But I can't count on that. I mean, we've seen horror stories happen with the Titans in Jacksonville. So, you know, I, I do think you got to make sure you get this game because I do think there is a, a very logical path to the Jaguars getting the wild card at eight and nine if they do have the disappointment of of losing to the Titans in Jacksonville it's it's four or five games that they need but all four or five of those games could easily go the way they need them to go so uh you know I, I think it's I think it's a grind I think it's a grind pretty much I, I I would be surprised with eight minutes left in this game if the Jaguars are up enough where they can pull starters and feel comfortable they're going to win the game on I just think it's it's one of those that they're going to have to go get, and uh, we'll see. This is going to the team's shown a lot of maturity. Show I thought showed a ton of maturity uh, in the game against the Jets, handling the bad weather, the short week. Uh, this is going to be another test of that, and uh, because of all the implications and the questions this week of, you know, well, are we going to play? Are we not going? You know, what? How are we going to approach this? I think Doug Peterson's done the right thing from the outset and saying we're playing. You know, we're going full steam ahead and. You know, I, I think that was good to get a crystal clear message. Uh, but I, but this is going to be a challenge, I think, for a young team to go on the road against a divisional team they haven't had a lot of success with and uh, and not be looking ahead to Tennessee and go out and get the job done today because they do need to win today's game just in case things don't go well uh, next weekend against the Titans. And, and hopefully, you know, once we get beyond this game, the league will do the Jaguars a favor and not put them in the Saturday block. Hopefully it'll be in that Sunday, 4.30, Sunday night you know, window, one of those two.
1: Oh, we're going to get into those conspiracy theories coming up after we say goodbye, Hayes Carlion, But just to confirm, twenty four ten, did I hear that right? Is that your score prediction for today's game?
5: I'm gonna go twenty three to ten.
1: Okay, 23-10. That's, that's,
5: that's what I like. What about you guys? Are, are, are what are, are, you know? I know you're gonna do your scores at the end of the game. But are we all we all like the Jaguars today? Or
2: I got Jacksonville 48 forty eight forty five. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeding off the last night's uh, semifinal yeah, games. You can watch and, some,
5: some college football. Yeah, yeah it's gonna be
2: eleven on seven today. So uh, <laughs> no, nice. I I tend. You know what? I I tend to think the same. Um, the next two weeks, uh, can Houston or Tennessee, either one of those two teams, score twenty points against Jacksonville? I I think if Jacksonville scores twenty one, they win both these games.
1: I'm yeah. in, I'm in the uh, MJD camp where uh, he, I don't know <laughs> if you guys saw uh, he yeah. has picked against the Jaguars each of the last three weeks. He picked them to beat the Lions. He picked them to lose to the Ravens, Uh, I am literally in the same exact boat. So, uh, yeah, I guess I'm morally and legally obligated to say the Texans pull off a stunner today. Um, (laughs) But obviously, yes, I I do believe the Jaguars will be able to pull off a victory today. Hayes, go enjoy this one, and uh, please come back with a Jaguars victory so we can actually talk fully about uh, next week's game against the Titans. Appreciate you. Yeah,
5: I will do my best. Thank you, guys. Happy New Year. See you, Hayes. There
1: he goes. Farrah and Farrah phone line of course bringing you all of our great interviews on the Wingstop Kickoff Wingstop Kickoff show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. I
2: will also remind you that Hayes Carlon and yours truly do a weekly Jaguars podcast. We and who
1: who brings who brings uh, that podcast to life?
2: Death Taxes and Duval.
1: Brought to you by Oh, okay. I thought there was a, still a sponsor on that. One. I want to make sure we got that one in.
2: Oh yeah, it's um uh Hayes Good Buddy. And in oh, the law—the
1: law, case, the law uh, offices of a, a certain friend of his. Yes, indeed.
2: Insurance agent who played with him at bowls.
1: There was going to be a bowls reference. See,
2: I—I uh, I would know this if it was six o'clock at night. But when it's nine twenty-two a.m. on New Year's Day, there's not a chance in hell that I'm going to be able to figure that one out.
1: Hopefully we'll be able to we will be able to figure out our keys to the game. That and more, we're gonna head into the locker room too, coming up next on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Getting game day underway. The Wingstop Kickoff Show. Presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL. Shane, darling Thank you for all
1: the joy and
4: Thank you, Jacksonville
1: Jaguars, show,
4: for giving us hope.
1: Balcony, are you joining the song? Or are you going to start gracing us yeah, with, this is the uh, remix. with the melodious voice of producer Casey Dobson? Yeah, 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 sweet yeah.
4: Sweet yeah maybe. Shame,
1: All right, so Doc O'Shea means thank you. The Riddler continues to puzzle us on this January 1st edition of the Wingstop Kickoff Show brought to you by Kohler Homes and Clearwater Irrigation. Rick? Any thoughts? We're waiting for our final riddle coming up after uh, we get to keys to the game and head into the locker room. What do on you think? The, on
2: the riddle? Yeah. No. I None. None whatsoever. I, I, I just, um, listen. Today's word is what? Lit? Is that what the kids say? That's what the Generation Z says. That's what the millennials say. You look at my clothes, I'm with it. You look at the TV shows that I watch, I'm with it. You look at the books that I read. I'm with it. I am pop and culture. But when it comes to music, I cancel everything out probably in the late 80s, early 90s. So all of this stuff that's going on today outside of Olivia Newton-John, no, I can't help you.
1: I do know that you're always on target, though, when it comes to the keys to the game.
0: Now, the keys to the game. Brought to you by Instant Keys. Fast, professional, honest locksmith service.
1: Yes, there actually is indeed a game that will be played this afternoon between your Jacksonville Jaguars and the Houston Texans. I know we keep talking about playoff hypotheticals. I know we keep talking about does this game actually matter for said playoff hypotheticals. But like we continue to also reiterate, Rick, you have to go and play the game. That is what Doug Peterson has told his team throughout the course of this week. And he also has noted that there would be some merit to the fact that this Jaguars team would have nine wins for the first time in over a decade.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. Um, I mean, again, I, you lose five in a row and it looked like it was going to be six. You come back from behind and uh, you're down 17 nothing, and you knock off the Raiders and then you just get destroyed after the bye uh, by uh, Detroit. And it, I thought it was over. I thought it was over for sure. And I, I think Most of our listeners felt the exact same way um, about it. So it has been an absolute testament to, you know, what he has been able to do. And if you remember the first time they played Houston, his quote that day was just spectacular to me. His body language, and I'm talking about Doug Peterson here and his facial expression, because he was asked about Trevor and his answer, and I'm paraphrasing here, was, well, everyone expects to win now. And Peterson went on to say, I get that. But he referenced quarterbacks who were drafted a year before him. He mentioned Jalen Hurts. He mentioned Joe Burrow. He mentioned Justin Herbert. And he talked about some consistency, um, primarily with the staff. And obviously, Trevor got here in a scenario that couldn't have been any worse uh, with Urban Meyer. And it's like Peterson knew something that no one else did because – the way I read that was he's indirectly saying, be patient. It's not going to happen this year. We're smack dab in the middle of a rebuild. It could happen as early as 2023. But he knew what was going on, and everyone seemed to have an opinion on that. This is a heck of a coach in Doug Peterson. And the fact that he has remained so, uh, so the same, if that makes any sense. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. Things go wrong. He doesn't explode on the sideline like a lot of coaches do. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch him coach.
1: That is certainly a key of mine to this game here this afternoon. I will also note the key to the game that Frank Frangi and Hayes Carline allude to, stopping the two-headed quarterback duo um, of Davis Mills and one, Jeff Driscoll, former Florida Gator. since obviously the Jaguars struggled against Chris Strebler when he entered the game against the Jets. I will tell you that you can head on over to the 1010XL YouTube page if you want to scroll back to my post-game interview with Sean Jenkins in the locker room. When I asked him about Chris Strebler, he goes, Oh, 15? Yeah. 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 W- did you know he was going to play? He- <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy comes in, he's running QB power, and, and then Sean did note, I think the reason everyone went into a panic about Chris Trevler was because the Jets fans were clamoring for anything that wasn't Zach Wilson. Right. I, he hit C.J. Uzama, but in reality, a better throw would have gone for six. And mm-hmm. so, Sean said, I, I think a big reason for why people thought, oh, my God, the Jags are going to get exposed by Tim Tebow, I mean Chris Trevler, um, is because the fan base was so into it. And obviously, I think that the, the Houston Texans fans may not, A, be in as heavy supply at NRG Stadium this afternoon as the Jets fans were at MetLife less than a week ago, um, and more, or two weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, I should say. A- and also, I do think that the Jags will be expecting Jeff Driscoll to run the ball.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of success for Strebler. What, 54 yards on nine carries? Jacksonville is allowing 4.2 yards a carry, which is uh, acceptable. It's better than it has been around here in quite some time, giving up nearly 115 yards a game and 15 rushing touchdowns, that's how they're going to beat you. I I think everyone listening is like, hey, listen, Davis Mills in this passing offense, uh uh-uh. That's not the way that you win if you're Houston. This is one of those classic, try to shorten the game. Um, You know, another huge key is that whole turnover to takeaway ratio. Jacksonville only had nine takeaways last year. They have 24 so far this year. With two games remaining. They're plus five on the season. We've seen the good and the bad. The bad, five turnovers in Philadelphia. You bought 14-0 lead. You have a chance for a 51-yard field goal and some very difficult elements. And obviously, they elected not to kick. They went for it. That was the first of the Trevor Fumbles. Then you look at a guy like Rayshon Jenkins. You win a game in overtime because he gets the huge pick six Uh, to me. That's always a factor in every game, but it's certainly a key today.
1: And the Texans did fumble away the ball twice last week, uh, both coming courtesy of Davis Mills. They also recovered two fumbles against the Tennessee Titans, so that will certainly be a key to watch. One final key from me, Rick, that being... Evan Ingram, I do think that Lovey Smith will at least try one more time, even, even if this Trevor Lawrence is not the Trevor Lawrence they faced week five to try to fool the second-year quarterback with his cover two scheme, and that is where Trevor needs to go back to how he performed week two against the Colts, where he took what was underneath, he took what was presented, and what will be presented is plenty of opportunities to target Evan Ingram who has eight targets or more each of the past three weeks. He has gone for over 100 yards in two of the last three weeks. And quietly, Rick, he has now entered into the top five of nearly every single ranking for a tight end in 2022-2023. I think
2: it's 24 receptions in three weeks, 337 yards and two touches. We talked about it earlier this morning, right around 8 o'clock. I mean, midway through the season, even more than midway through the season. I'm talking eight, you know, I'm talking nine, ten games. I was like, nah. Got to let him go. He was averaging just a smidge over three receptions a game. And and I'm like, you can't pay a guy $9 million who's catching three footballs a game. It took a little while for this thing to evolve. Obviously, Doug Peterson, his history tells us he loves pass-catching tight ends. This is a huge challenge today for Trevor Lawrence because we've seen him grow week to week. His escapability and his pocket presence – I think has been left behind just a little bit because of so many sensational plays that we have seen him make. This offense make his uh, his ability to throw the football really in any situation, in any spot. Let's go back a few games ago when he was really pushed in the pocket and and moved right to left down the line of scrimmage, threw across his body and hit Jamal Agnew on the you know the left sideline which I don't know if will be a part of the Trevor Lawrence highlight film from 2022, but to me, it was the best play of that game. Uh, That was just so much fun to watch. So yeah, this is a different defense and it's another challenge for him today, perhaps more mentally than physically just to get through another look. Because when you advance here in the playoffs, that's what it's going to be like. You know, you're going to get different looks defensively on a week to week basis So the challenge is certainly a big one today for Lawrence.
1: Those are the keys to the game brought to you by Instant Keys. This next gentleman will certainly be a key for the Jaguars against the Texans. That being left tackle Walker Little. I caught up with the second-year offensive lineman earlier this week. I'm pleased to be joined by Jaguars offensive tackle Walker Little. Walker headed home to Houston, second-to-last game of the season. What are the emotions for you getting ready for this
6: one? Uh, I'm excited. I mean, we have a lot of momentum with this team. We got a great opportunity um, these last few games to finish all this season strong and uh, fight our way in the playoffs. So it's a great opportunity, and for me personally, it's great to come back home and uh get to play uh, my hometown team.
1: I know I talked to you after that Jets win, but watching the film back and reflecting on that one in particular, what did you, what were you most proud of from your performance on Thursday night?
6: Yeah, I mean, I thought I had a lot of good plays. There's always things to work on, but um, I just thought me and then as a unit with the offense line, we ran the ball well, uh, communicated well, and uh, did a good job of just setting the line of scrimmage and protecting Trevor.
1: From where you were a year ago, where you are now, how would you evaluate your growth?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there's been a lot of confidence gained just because of one time, but two, playing with great players and uh, getting a lot of help with uh, Coach Rauscher, too. And I think just over time, that stuff comes. And uh, we have you know some of the best defensive linemen and defensive ends here. So getting going go against them you know, each and every week helps a lot.
1: A lot of folks around the National Football League have been asking me, other media members, they're like, well, the Jags are going to rest all their starters against the Texans. Like, obviously, that's what they're going to do. And Doug said, no, that's not what he's going to do. What's the reaction from this locker room when they hear that?
6: No, I mean, I think we agree. Uh, we understand that uh, we haven't beat this team in a long time. And, uh, you know, maybe because of uh, playoff contentions, people might think it doesn't matter. But for us, you know, every game matters. And, uh, we're paid to do this, and we want to go out there and compete every single time and, uh, against a division opponent that like I said we, we haven't beaten in, in quite a while. So we're ready to go out there and uh, uh, play hard and uh, try to keep this momentum going.
1: How much have you guys talked about that losing streak to the Texans this week? I know some losing streaks you guys have talked about, some others you haven't. Have you talked about this one?
6: Uh, and we haven't spoken about it a lot, but I think guys have seen things in the media and just know about it. Um, and so it's something we want to change and uh, just in general you know we always want to win the next game and this is the next opponent and uh, it's a division opponent as well so uh, we have all the motivation in the world this week and and we want to get this win. Did
1: you grow up rooting for the Texans?
6: Oh yeah I grew up cheering for Andre Johnson and J.J. Watt and all of them so uh, I've been in that stadium a lot you know cheering for them so when um, we played there last year, it was interesting to, to be on the flip side of it, and uh, I'm sure it'll be interesting again.
1: How many uh, fa- friends family he you got coming to this one?
6: Yeah, I got a lot of friends and family. I, I, can't, I don't even know if I can put a number to it, but there'll be a good amount of, uh, of friends and family there.
1: Good Christmas as well?
6: No, a great Christmas.
1: I was going to say, I know your parents, they spent a little more time in Florida, so was mm-hmm. it nice to have that three-day weekend fall over the Christmas holiday?
6: Yeah, it was good to see them and, and just be with the whole family.
1: Awesome. Well, Walker, best of luck this week. Thank, Thank you. Friends. And uh. I don't know if I'm allowed to reveal this, but we might as well. First sure. of all, thanks to Walker Little for joining us on the Wingstop kickoff in show. radio, you mountain, always take chances. Irrigation. water yeah. irrigation. Um, he actually, one of Walker's childhood best friends, got married last night at the stroke of midnight in Houston. They booked the venue well before the NFL scheduled the Jaguars to make the trip out to Houston. Walker, mm. of course, could not go to the wedding. However, Rick, mm-hmm. the entire wedding party will be at today's Jaguars-Texans oh. game. Isn't that beautiful? Well,
2: it's romantic.
0: I
1: thought that was absolutely beautiful. Well. What better way to ring in your first full day of uh, married, married bliss than uh, watching the Jaguars and the Texans because that is what is coming up a little bit later this afternoon from Texas. One more segment to go on the Wingstop Kickoff Show right here on 1010XL on 92.5 FM.
0: Starting your game day, the Wingstop Kickoff Show presented by Clearwater Irrigation and Kohler Homes Windows and Doors on 1010XL.
1: broadcast to you live from 1010 XL headquarters on January 1, 2023. Producer Casey Dobson the Riddler says it's a new day for the Jacksonville Jaguars as well. I believe that I'm accurate in saying that that is the theme of today's song selections, Rick Blue. Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's my assessment, Casey. Uh what is your your exact words, your mantra for today. For All the right,
4: Jaguars. So uh, so I reached into the bag. You know, sometimes I go with the singer, sometimes I go with the lyrics, sometimes I go with the band to hide the riddle. The day is new. Happy New Year's, Duval. New. That was Newfound Glory. We had Nina Simone with New Dawn and New Day. Obviously, uh, that was not the song title. Olivia Newton John, some Wayne Newton. And 50 Cent song "New Day" because this is a new day, this is a new year, this is a new Jaguars, Duval. Let's get behind them and celebrate the newness.
1: And what better way to celebrate the newness of this Doug Peterson era Jaguars than with a Wingstop party pack? Ain't that right, Casey?
4: Yeah, I'm ready to take caller number four. You're going to get a gift certificate for a tailgaters wing fest from Wingstop to be used at any Duval. Location six four one ten ten. Let's get number four and get that fourth in a row. And ten,
1: making us hungry here at ten ten XL headquarters yeah. with all that wing Stop talk. But uh, Casey Ooh. did come in with a oh, a, a, a slate of donuts for us this morning. So he is the MVP so far. Chocolate of donut twenty twenty three
2: had nice filling to it. Perfect.
1: Speaking Uh, of MVPs, Rick...
2: Forget about the diet on
1: New Year's Day. Yeah, you're adding 15. You're off to a great start. Mm -hmm. I love to see it. Um, Speaking of MVPs, before we get to our picks for today's Jaguars-Texans game, um, again, want to reiterate for those folks at home that are still wondering exactly where the Jaguars' playoff hopes stand. Again, the obvious is you win next week against the Titans. Regardless of what happens today, the Jaguars will win the AFC South. If they want to keep their wild card hopes alive, they would need to win today against the Houston Texans, and then they would need a combination of New England beating Miami today, Seattle beating the Jets today, the Mm -hmm. Jets beating Miami next week, Buffalo beating New England next week, and Pittsburgh losing one of the next two. And as I noted to you during the break, Rick, um, taking folks again, uh, how the sausage is made behind the curtain, I was informed that if Jaguar fans are hoping for the game next week to be flexed into primetime at 8 o'clock on Sunday Night Football on NBC – They should be rooting against Aaron Rodgers today because uh, it looks like the Packers and Lions game is also in consideration to be flexed to that 8 o'clock time slot next week. And uh, listen, Rodgers and the Packers, uh, you know, obviously the two-time MVP. I I think that that would be one of the even more improbable playoff runs of 2022, 2023.
2: Yeah, it's been impressive. They won four in a row. Minnesota clobbered them on opening day. I think it was 21-3 and uh, it was not a good effort, not a good day. Uh, For Aaron Rodgers, he's playing better football. So that's a, a, a good late game or a 425 start. A huge game tonight between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And then tomorrow night, many will have Monday off. You look at Buffalo and Cincinnati. I don't think there's any doubt about it. You should be pulling for Cincinnati in that game because I feel, as I said earlier in the program, I feel good about Baltimore coming in here, L.A. coming in here, Miami coming in here. Cincinnati, nah, I, I don't feel good about them coming in here in a couple of Sundays if they were the wild card team to take on Jacksonville, who, of course, will host the playoff game if they win and they'll be the number four seed. Kind of like to stay away from the Bengals.
1: Jaguars, a three point favorite in Houston today. We begin with producer Casey Dobson. A score prediction, sir, uh, out at NRG Stadium for you.
4: Okay, so as I was looking up and seeing Houston's record versus us is twenty-eight and thirteen. That's the score, but it's going for the Jags. We got that dub.
2: <laughs> this guy, he's got a riddle or a connection with everything, including this the all-time series rank twenty-eight thirteen. But he's going the other way with it. I love it. I I think it's um, I think Jacksonville scores today. I think they put up twenty-four. I'll go twenty-four to. 14.
1: 24 to 14. I already mentioned I got to keep the MJD route. Right. Uh, so I have to pick Don't the Texans. Do it. Uh so I'm going to tell you it's 2117 Texans, but obviously, uh We'll be rooting for the big cats uh, in this one, needless to say. so uh, We welcome you into 2023, and we continue our pregame coverage of the Jaguars and the Texans. Again, kickoff coming up at 1 o'clock right here on the Superstation. Keep it locked in, though. The
2: good, people.
1: Public's tailgate show, countdown to kickoff, and oh, so much more are on the way. And don't forget, of course, our friends with the fifth quarter coming up live from Perfect Rack Billiards after this one between the Jaguars and the Texans. For producer Casey Dobson, for Rick Ballew, thanks again to Hayes Carl. Caroline and Frank Frangie. I am Mia O'Brien. Until next week, we'll catch you later.